Babe, wake up. Babe. Uh, oh, no, the room's on fire. Woo, woo. Uh, it's uh, an alien invasion. Pew, pew. I guess I'll just eat this egg McMuffin. Huh? Is there another one? Or... Wake up breakfast at McDonald's. Mix and match two classics for five bucks. Choose from an egg McMuffin or a sausage McMuffin with egg. Each made with real butter and a freshly cracked egg. Price and participation may vary. Can it be combined with any other offer? Combo meal. Limited time offer. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Masogi Method with work happiness expert Jody B. Miller. Each week, Jody interviews amazing people who have broken through huge barriers to achieve meaning, success, and happiness in their lives. For each of us, the path to lasting happiness has always been there, but it may take a Masogi to get you on it. Here's your host, Jody B. Miller. Welcome to the Masogi Method, breaking through barriers to achieve meaning, success, and happiness that lasts. I'm your host, Jody B. Miller. I am so happy to welcome back Rick Scott, PhD and counselor. Rick is the Masogi Method's go-to therapist for all advice about relationships, love of self, love of another, and even love of your work relationships. Rick, welcome back. Uh, Good to be back, Jody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I always love chatting with you. You always make me smile. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, hey, last time, we spoke about saving relationships, and then we discovered that sometimes they may not even be worth saving at all. But today, I'd love to wind back the clock and dive into the whole world of getting into a relationship in the first place. So let's say someone has been single for a while, or you know they're newly single. How do they know if they are ready for a relationship? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. I had this um, very sage, friend 25 years ago and she said rick relationships really simple it's like it's just like this look you have a little grid in front of you and there are four quadrants and there's um unhappy alone happy alone unhappy together and happy together and um, i always look at like the, the springboard as much as possible you know um for dating is happy alone interesting so yeah because unhappy alone how can you bring happiness to a relationship if you don't like yourself or you're just going through a lot of hard times i think most of the time when i get people in here who have been together for a while it's because unhappy alone has failed in relationship so if people are dating from the place where they have a lot of unmet need or they have a lot of unresolved history and they get into relationship uh it's very conditional and usually those conditions ends up end up failing because you know conditions are supposed to fail so, you know, once again, here we go, right back to the same place every time. Um, I, I think, you know, the person, when a person knows themselves well, when they've done some self-exploration, when they, you know, have a, a pretty, have a degree of self-awareness, you can use that, then they're ready to date. But how do they get that self-awareness? I mean, like we had talked before about people repeating history, right? And so right. If, if they're not to that level of self-knowing, how do they get there? Well, I think they're going to get there in relationships because, you know, they aren't going to work for various reasons. So a lot of times it's sort of relationships are, are uh, gosh, like a little crucible where we're practicing, you know, being ourselves or working things out. So I think people learn about it in failed relationships. And most people get into counseling or the spiritual path or meditation or some method of self-awareness um, usually evolves out of loss, loss of relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it any different if they were the 
dumped one or the dump the dump or or the dumpy <laughs> you know i think i think i think when you're the dumpy you're probably more inclined uh to be suffering and and have more pain and that boy that's furtive ground you know most people a lot of people really get into some self-awareness and some work around failed patterns the the person who's doing the dumping uh you know they're you they're moving on you know they've already made a decision that they want to be out they're not as inclined to be motivated to look inside yeah i i think you're right on that one too so let's say someone feels like they're ready to jump back in the dating scene yeah so there are all these ways i mean let's think about how we traditionally used to date and now this whole online dating thing is exploding <laughs> exploding exactly but i don't think i don't think that i you know regardless of the way a person meets another person there's still this i think the the getting to know one another the dating piece of it if if being in relationship is the goal if being in a, in a long-term relationship is the goal of dating then i think there are some really you know smart to, ways to practice that there, there's also a lot of hookup dating going on these days and I, i'm not quite sure you know what the goal of that is yeah i mean i was looking at a ranking of the top sites and and i'm and one of them is called zoosk z-o-o-s-k i'd never heard of it before and it's it's very specialized age 24 to 50 plus over 40 million members it has a lot of local singles in your area i mean how do you know which site to even go on i mean i've always heard of match.com but and Tinder, of course, which is more of the yeah. hookup site that, I, that I've heard of. But how, how do they know? Should, should they specialize? Should they, how does someone know which one to join? I, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I think the ones that seem to be pretty effective for the clients I see are the ones where there's some other association, you know, like Hinge, where there's a, where somebody knows somebody, there's some kind of connection. But you know, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of connections come out of Match and Plenty of Fish and a lot of the very general sites. I also have people who use sites that are a little more organized around philosophy or religion like eHarmony or others. So, God, you know, I think dating, honestly, is really about getting in front of a lot of people. I think you have to meet a lot of people to find a fit. And I think there are a lot of people who don't fit. So, you know, getting, getting in front of somebody, having a conversation, feeling the initial connection, you know, kind of intuitively or not probably is the most important part of that. Yeah. You know, another question I wonder, because I've never done online dating, but I've had many friends who have, how accurate are those profiles, do you think? Um, I don't think they're accurate. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you say, hey, this guy's really good looking, and then you meet him, right? And, and you yeah, go, oh my, I want to walk out the door. <laughs> hey, that, that's a photo from 15 years ago, right? Come on. I mean, I'm, I, I, it's like, it's not like, I'm like getting to know somebody. I mean, I think people are putting their best foot forward. They want to look and sound and feel like they have it together, you know, uh, for the first six months. <laughs> right. So, you know, of course the initial presentation is going to be the best they have. Yeah. I just, I just think it's just, I've had friends who've done it, who've just said they just need to take a break. Because, <laughs> and then they meet someone, it lasts for four months. I don't know. I've just always felt like the old fashioned way of introducing or having a history of someone who knows someone. I mean, in terms of your clientele, and you've helped counsel so many people, Rick, what do you feel is the best 
process for someone who wants to get back in the dating world? Well, you know, I'm looking at it's age dependent. You know, I mean, the people I have who are getting divorced and back in the dating pool at 45 and 50 years old or so um, don't feel comfortable jumping into the online scene because they're just, it's, they're not conditioned to it. They, they, they grew up meeting through friends or acquaintances. And for those people, a lot of, a lot of people, it, the online is not a fit. Now, the younger people I have coming through here, they're all online. And whether they're on Tinder or whether they're on Match or whether they're on the newest, I mean, they're all just, it's just as natural for them. It's so much more natural. So I think it's, you know, it depends on what you're accustomed to. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that too. Um, do you think it helps if, you know, you, you go do something, you, you've come to know yourself better and you go join some sort of group that's, that relates to what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Do you think yeah. that's a good way to meet someone? Absolutely. I love the way that starts. I mean, I, you know, I think trustworthy people in relationship, um, they know themselves pretty well. They've defined, you know, what they like and what they don't like. They can understand. So many people get together out of sort of um, unconscious intergenerational patterns. They're just repeating patterns and they don't even know what they are. So a lot of people will come in here. I do a lot of premarital stuff. So we really just get those out on the table. There can be an initial feel that feels great. It's just familiar. So that familiar feel can be positive or not, um, depending on your history. So sure, get to know yourself. Um, and then, you know, I, I still, I'm still probably of the orientation that if you have a link, if somebody knows you and they introduce you, you're probably more likely to hit it off simply because, you know, there's some common ground there. Yeah, I, and it's more comfortable. What about, I've always wondered about this as well, how soon do you reveal your financial situation? <laughs> I mean, this is an issue <laughs> that comes up. I think it's a bigger question. I think it's how soon do you reveal anything about yourself that is really personal to you? I mean, revealing your financial situation probably isn't, isn't until you've made a decision that you're getting close to being in a committed relationship. Yeah. You know, you, and it's, I think people do this. You know, I think healthy people, when they enter the dating pool, they're, you know, they're, they don't put all the information out there about themselves. They, it's a, someone explained it to me, maybe it was Gorski or somebody 25 or 30 years ago. Successful dating looks like walking into the ocean on a sloping sand bottom, and it gets slowly deeper, 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 deeper. And dating is a little bit like that in terms of moving into you know depth, commitment, um, intimacy, and sharing personal information. You don't do that when you're you know when you just meet somebody and you're splashing around in you know five inches of water. So you're not saying sleep with them the first night. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say there's anything wrong with that. It's consensual. But if you're looking for a long-term relationship, I think probably keeping sex a little bit out of the equation for a little while might be a good idea. Okay. So you listeners who like to go full speed ahead, listen to Rick. He knows what he's talking about. It's a um, risk. It's a, it's a risk. It's a risk. If you, if you get too in, too deep, too fast, and I think sex is a big piece of that, then... And if you look at that, that analogy that you're sort of wading in, if you wade in up to your knees and it's been two months, which is a long time these days, and then you have sex, and then you believe as a result of having sex, you're now at six feet because there's a degree of familiarity that you think you have, you don't have it. You've covered, you've missed the ground between two and six. And there's a lot of really good information in there. 
I love that. It's almost like when you're raising a child, if they don't spend time on the floor exploring, <laughs> then, then they're, they're not, not to get, get going to get to that point where they can really understand their world. I mean, that's a whole big. Absolutely. Yeah. No same, doubt. Absolutely. Kind of idea. True. Yeah. So what about, I'm just thinking of different issues that come up in the dating scene and people want to know answers to. I had a lot of people ask me questions that they wanted you to answer. <laughs> so for example, so you, let's say you've been married, you're divorced, but you want to put that best foot forward. Should you talk about your ex? Um, I, I don't think too much. I think you need to know about your ex. And I, I think that after, so let's see, if we think of depth, you know, if you're on your fourth date, you know, you're on your fifth date, and you're starting to reveal a little more about yourself, then, you know, I think those histories are important. I think anybody who's dating and goes further and they're thinking about being in a more committed dating relationship really probably should probably want to know about historical relationships, not in depth, but the way a person talks about them, the way they experience them. If you're dating someone and all they do is berating their ex, that's a bad sign. You know, that'd be like, I'm going, uh, I'm going to pass because you're going to be that person. So, you know, people who have successfully resolved relationships, successfully resolved marriages, where they're not holding a lot of unfinished business and reactivity around it. Those are good people to find. Those are probably going to be successful dating relationships. Oh, that's very good advice. I love that. So let's say you're going out on your first date. Who mm. pays? Who pays nowadays? <laughs> I just went through that with somebody this morning. She was completely and totally offended that this guy had gone out with her. And then at the end, he nudged her and he said, can I get 20 bucks? Really? And she's a little, she's 50 and not that age is an issue, but it's different. And she was a little bit offended. Um, who pays? Wow. That's an interesting one. It, it's hard to know these days who, who pays because, you know, if, if the male automatically pays, the woman may appreciate it or she may be offended by it. I think it's just a good conversation. I think it's like, uh, I think it's a conversation about who pays. Mm -hmm. And mo most people these days, I mean, this is my clientele. Um, the, the women, the women who come through here, you know, they, they want to, they want to contribute and they want to pay. They want to feel like, you know, there's, there's, they're not creating some sort of expectation around dependency, et cetera. So, you know, I mean, I would expect that paying is, is more of a choice these days than it is an expectation. Yeah. I've just, I've had that question come up a lot. Also in terms of a first date, I think I know what you're going to say for this one, but where should they pick you up at the house or should you meet them somewhere public? First date, meet them somewhere. Yeah. I think yeah, so too. Yeah. They meet, meet them somewhere. I mean, that's an old, that's an old question. I mean, it, once again, you, you really don't know a person for a long, for quite a while and you certainly don't know them on the first date. And so how much information that, and I'm not, saying this to be paranoid or but but just to have a healthy respect for you know you really don't know who's out there and you're just getting to know somebody so you know meet them somewhere see what they're like you may not want to see them again and if that's the case you probably don't want them to know your address exactly and um, i have a friend who's a serial dater i call her um <laughs> so she googles everyone before she goes and meets them yes and, and most a lot of people do that they're doing yeah. a little background check. There are websites that you, ex web, ex dating websites, et cetera. I'm not quite sure what's all out there, but there's a lot of information on people. But it changes. It certainly changes the complexion, doesn't it, when you can locate somebody. 
Right. So mm -hmm. let's say you meet, you meet them in a public place, it goes well, you're happy, the right person pays, or you both pay, or whatever you agree, <laughs> and you feel like you want to see them again. So who would text who first? You, you know, I, my advice to people on this has always been, follow your intuition. If you had a great date, it's not, it's not, there's a lot of gaminess around this, about waiting. And I think if you're looking for an authentic relationship, be honest, you know, and, and just, you know, I had a great date wouldn't mind, wouldn't like, you know, would like to see you again. It doesn't really matter who texts first. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's an, as much of an issue. I, this comes up a lot with the game, you know, with who's pursuing who and how long to wait. Uh, I try to eliminate a lot of that and just start to be more honest, you know, in terms of what you want, what you're looking for kind of right up front. Yeah, it's, it seems like a lot of people get very scared you know, or some people get too ambitious. And so it's almost like that whole magnet idea where, if, you know, if you push too hard, you're going to have that opposing magnet and it's not going to work. So following your intuition, I think is very, very good advice. I wanted to run a few terms by you and see if you've ever heard of these, because these are one <laughs> I have never oh, heard yeah, of. Oh, here we go. This is, I knew there was going to be a test. This is going to be a what test. Okay. Oh, right. So there's, there's this term called benching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what that is. Uh, yeah. It's when you're in the gym, right? And right. You're laying on your back, and uh, you're pushing weight straight up off your chest. How'd I do? Yeah, Fail. that's exact. Fail. That's a literal. That's a literal. But on the dating world, I was just looking at some terms that were making me laugh, and it's when you're not seriously that into someone. So you're sort of kind of sitting on the bench for a while. Maybe you're oh. going to find someone else. So you kind of string them along just long enough to see what else, if there's a better offer. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, okay, yeah. Kind of makes, makes sense. Okay, makes, how about, that, all right, here's your next quiz. How okay. about bre breadcrumbing? Mm, I'm going to say that you're, uh, that it's sort of like stringing somebody along, kind of giving them just enough to hold in there, but you're still looking for other people. Yes, that you get a gold star for that oh, one. Are you okay then? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Okay. You know, a lot of these strategies are, uh, uh, they've been around a while. They've just been renamed. Yeah, it's just amazing uh -huh. to me. Okay, here's one more. It's called right. being curved or even more extreme being ghosted. Yeah, it, this is common. This is, this is a common strategy. You know, this is where the, you go out with the person and then you, they're, they, they're turned into smoke. They just disappear. They disappear. You know, you can't, it's as if they were never there. You know, I, I think that's a, that one's not fair. That's a hard one. That's hard because then the person, if they're just getting the courage and the confidence to get in back in the dating scene and then they're ghosted or, or smoked or whatever, curved or whatever <laughs> it is, we can make up a new word if you want. Sure, I mean, yeah. how do they get back, you know, get their well, mind back well, into the right is, place? You know, there it is, right? I mean, I want to date from, I want to date from like, I'm okay. I don't want to, I don't want to date from need. I don't, yeah. when people come in and they're dating from need because they're, they don't feel good about themselves, they're probably, they're, they're a lot less, they're a lot more likely to personalize somebody else's bad behavior, whether it's breadcrumbing or benching or whatever they want to, you want to call these things, you know, it's, it's not very accountable dating behavior. It's not very honest. You know, I just think it's, it's sort of like, you're less likely to personalize somebody else's bad behavior if you're dating from a place where you feel good about yourself. Because then if the ghosting thing happens, you don't make it about you. It's just clearly about them. Yeah, that's a good point, not making it about you. I, I kind of get the feeling like dating has just become so much more casual with this plethora of online dating sites. 
seems to be seems to be cat yeah but seems to be very casual i i'm not sure though you know when i think about how important uh cohesion and connectedness is truly uh, in our lives that what at 80 year study of, of that harvard study of men and what what's basically you know what is happiness and the end result is loving relationships over time it's nothing else and i think for most people you know when they get to the end they're like you know how well did i love how well was i loved so the casual relationships you know with online dating and the hookups and it's happening with frequency it's i think it's a little disturbing um you know it it's again a question of attachment and also probably what does a person want mm-hmm. what yeah, are they after for sure. Do you think on their profile they should say, you know, I am looking for a serious relationship? Would that scare someone away? Or, I mean, it may be someone who's older who says, I don't want to waste any more time playing these games. I want to find somebody. I mean, is that too forward to put out there? I, I you know, isn't it interesting? I think honesty, wouldn't it be great if we had honesty in dating? I mean, you've seen those people who are just honest and all that. It would be so refreshing. I, I think, uh, it would be great. I think, you know, this is what I'm truly looking for and not like stalking somebody, but, but yeah, to be able to say, I want a long-term relationship or, or I don't want a long-term relationship. I'm just looking for some, you know, whatever it might be that isn't, that isn't long-term. Yeah. So you would advise people to be honest within their comfort level. It's crazy. I know, but yes. Yeah. Crazy honesty. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy idea. Honesty in this day and age. I know, but I got to say, um, I think it's the best policy. I didn't make that up. Somebody else said that before. Hey, I, I've heard that before, but I'm going to attribute it to you, Rick. <laughs> 2018. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, okay. So what parting advice do you have for people who are jumping into the dating world? Give me three things that people can just hold on to, grab onto, and feel confident walking forward into the new Okay. Dating three world. things. Three things. Date from happy alone as much as possible. Get to the place where you're feeling purposeful, fulfilled, you know, some degree of a of a strong self-sense so you're not dating from need you know which allows you to be able to love and be able to be in relationship in a way that isn't about fulfilling some unmet need number one number two self-awareness get some awareness understand your pattern what is the place from which you're dating what's the unfinished business that might be percolating might be probably going to have to figure that out anyway at some point in time and then the last piece of advice is take your time take your time you know, enter slowly, enter slowly, go s- slow it down a little bit. Don't assume familiarity when you don't have it. And it takes a, God, I'm going to say this. I think it, it takes at least a solid year to really know what you have. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Rick, as always, I love your advice. And I know our listeners love your advice because they are downloading your last episode by the hundreds. It's just like, <laughs> Every day I look, it's like a hundred more people are listening to Rick. So thank you so much. And for everyone out there dating, listen to Rick because he knows what he's talking about. And Rick, thank you again. I'm going to have you on next month. We're going to go into a whole new different direction. I can't wait. I never know what to expect, Jody. Thanks so much (laughs) for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. And to all our listeners, I'm Jody Miller, host of the Masogi Method, and we'll see you next time. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. 
Healthcare. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Napa know-how. Right now, get a five-quart jug of Napa conventional motor oil for just $11.99. That's a pretty unbelievable deal for a pretty unbelievable oil. But trust us, it's totally real, but only for a limited time. So get your five-quart jug of Napa conventional motor oil for only $11.99 today. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Limit six per customer. Offer ends 63019.